Or perhaps there's there's a concept in there right now that points towards what brings a sense of comfortable aliveness for you right now. These are what words can help elicit and bring forward. Welcome to the Safe Enough Podcast. This podcast is an exploration of what it means to feel safe enough in order to live the kind of life or make the kind of changes that transform our lives into those with all of the love, connection, belonging, and purpose that we seek and strive for. My name is McPherson Warbeck, founder of the It Begins to Move studio. I'm a safety and self-worth recovery partner, and I'm so happy that you're here. This is the second of a three-episode series about different ways to gently connect with your body so that you can cultivate an embodied sense of safety as the foundation for work in cultivating a deep down knowing of your inherent value and worth. The last episode talked about how to um, how a certain kind of body movement can be a great tool. And this episode, we'll talk about how journaling can be a tool for gently connecting with your body to create that felt sense of safety. So if we're going to talk about journaling, then let's talk about words. Language in general is a system of conveying information. Therefore, language is our communicative meeting, meaning, medium, and words are tools for communicating meaning, meaning to other folks. Words communicate meaning. And if they can convey meaning to other folks, then they can also be tools for communicating meaning to ourselves too. So what kind of information can words convey? Well, words convey concepts. Concepts are complex ideas that are representations of lots of things. Concepts are often made up of our our experiences, our thoughts, our, our needs, memories, experiences, emotions, and so on. And they're so important. Concepts make up what we know and feel, what we believe to be true, and they underlie all the actions that we take. They're, um, they're like an amalgamation, like a rich soup with a complex flavor profile that's made up of many different ingredients. So words convey concepts. And because concepts are representations of memories, experiences, thoughts, and such, words point to all those things that a concept represents. Words point to the memories, the emotions, the feelings, and even other concepts that all blend together to make up the complex flavor of one concept we're trying to convey when we use them to communicate. Words point someone else to consider all of the parts that combine to make up the whole thing that we mean when we say words like happy or sad. So words are descriptors. They're not the feelings themselves. They're, they're not the beliefs. They're not the emotions. They're not the experience or the memory. They're, de- they're the descriptors of those things. They point to all the parts that make up the whole of the concept we're trying to describe and convey. And therefore, words can help us learn about all the parts that are there. 
They can help us get to know the whole experience that we're having or the whole experience we've had in the past um, if we're remembering something. But words are not there to change the concept or to change the experience or the emotion or the memory that we're having. They can be used in that way, but I think that for folks who have had really tough experiences or who have had um, lots of experiences where their, their feelings and their needs and the reality have been negated, then there's gold in using words to understand and affirm the concept that's there and all of its parts. Not to change it, but to know it and to understand it. There's gold in what words can point to. There's incredible information waiting there about what it is that you actually want and need. Perhaps what action needed to happen in a previous situation that was thwarted and never finished. Perhaps what will create a sense of safety in your nervous system and in your body right now. Perhaps what emotions needed to be expressed in a situation from back then, but didn't have a safe space to be expressed into. Or perhaps there's, there's a concept in there right now that points towards what brings a sense of comfortable aliveness for you right now. These are what words can help elicit and bring forward. Talking and conversing with another person can do this sometimes, but journaling can do this in a different way. And there's a special kind of journaling that I found that can do a particularly remarkable job of helping to connect with those deep inner concepts, those deep knowing and wisdom bearing places. I first found out about stream of consciousness journaling from Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. In her book, Cameron introduces this kind of journaling that she calls morning pages because she recommends doing this kind of writing on on real pages like versus typing on a computer and first thing in the morning. The basic premise of stream of consciousness journaling is that journaling in this way can help bring forth something fresh and new something that you did not have conscious awareness of beforehand. So I'd like to talk a bit about why this kind of journaling can bring about that outcome. Okay, so language is the, is the system by which we communicate information about concepts to each other. It is a codified system, meaning that there's a structured way of how to use words, sounds, and sentences to communicate in a way that someone else might understand. As humans, we had to come up with a way to use language in the same way so that we could understand each other. We had to agree that the letters, at least in English, um, that I'm talking about right now, that the um, the letters A-P-P-L-E and the sound that you make with your voice when you say these five letters together, A-P-P-L-E, apple, what that means. And What that means very generally in English is, right, A-P-P-L-E or apple, like a round, shiny thing that has red or green skin and a sweet, crisp, white-colored flesh that you can bite into, and it grows on trees and it has seeds. We had to come up with a code, an agreed-upon code, um, and again, I'm speaking in the English language, but this happens for any language. Um, we do agree upon 
how humans can code the description of what an apple is uh, into a, a, a linguistic medium, a way to, to, to share that information with somebody else um, so that we can understand each other. And we teach that to children. We teach children that code as they're learning the rules of how to communicate with others. The way that we understand and therefore the way that we use language is based on a set of rules that allow letters and words and strings of words to make a a codified meaning or that allow another person to get the point of what that we're trying to make when we speak. Otherwise, words are just strings of sounds we make with our mouths or in our vocal cords um, or that are just scribbles on the page when we read or write. Because, but because it's structured, and this is the whole point of talking about this, there's a whole lot of filtering of meaning, filtering of needs, or of the raw expression that comes from within when we're following the rules of language that we speak. Following the rules is both helpful in one sense, and it also is unhelpful in another sense. It's helpful in the fact that it means that we can convey and share meaning but it's unhelpful in the fact that there's an inherent editing that we do when we're abiding by the linguistic rules. This editing and filtering, it happens when we talk to others, but it also happens when we talk to ourselves. And this is exactly, um, it's exactly this set of codified, structured rules that can prevent connecting with that deep inner knowing and the wisdom that's right in there, right within you right now. That inner knowing and that wise part of you, it's benevolent. It can only provide incredibly positive information. Your needs, your needs are always positive. Always. What you need for safety is always positive. Always. I can't stress that enough. It might clash with the environment that that you're in and what uh, your environment is providing at the moment or what it has the capacity to provide and that that clash it's a topic for a whole other podcast topic series but you need to have access to that wise inner knowing that's within yourself and within your body in order to decide what to do with it or what to do about it in order to have choice and agency and gently connecting with all that wise data that's within you, it's what stream of consciousness writing can help do. If you're interested in experiencing this kind of journaling to connect with your wise inner knowing and grow your sense of of self-worth, you might want to register for the very special upcoming event. It's free, Experiencing My Self-Worth. Or you might want to download um, three journaling prompts for healing, uh, which and you can do both of those things on my website, itbeginstomove.com. That's all lowercase, and it's the word two, T-O, not the number two, itbeginstomove.com. The event Experiencing My Self-Worth will take you through a more in-depth experience of stream of consciousness journaling for self-value and self-worth. So if you're interested in learning more, I really hope to see you there. And if you find this podcast helpful, please rate it on your listening platform to increase the chance that others can find it too. If there's any topic or question that you'd like to hear me address, please leave it in a comment or review. 
Um, the next episode in this series, I'll be talking about how reading can be used to gently connect with your wise inner knowing too. I'll see you there and take care. Kind soul.